Everyone wants to talk about the Cleveland Browns' new offense with Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson, but the key to all of this is the Browns' defense and being as good as they are is what enabled the Browns to make such major moves. We're going to cover all that and more here on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, again, along for your daily ride of all Cleveland Browns coverage at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Um, we have a ton to get to here today. As always, I appreciate you all who make Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. Uh, maybe you're going to record twice today. We're here Friday morning, obviously Friday afternoon, one o'clock. Um, the Browns and the media will get an opportunity to meet their new quarterback. Um, as we can see, Deshaun Watson hit town yesterday, has passed his physical and already pictures circulating around the old interwebs of Deshaun Watson in Browns gear. Pictures taken with Jeremiah Usukoromoa and uh, Greg Newsom. Uh, obviously, you know, one thing, if you want to notice anything about where the Browns are trending lately right now, obviously they have a lot of positive thoughts about Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and Greg Newsom as they keep seem to be showing up everywhere, you know, where Browns players, you know, maybe were sent. Um, Jeff Risden, Browns Wire, of course, Lions Wire, real GM in the house for this. Um, Jeff, this is the first time you've been on, obviously, since you know, uh, free agency and, and the uh, new league year has gotten underway. Um, Making moves, and this front office has done that. Each one of you know, each you know has done that you know very aggressively. Each one of the first two off seasons this year, um, very aggressive, but a little bit of a different manner in basically how they're going with it, as moving some assets to bringing in established NFL assets to Cleveland this year. Yeah, and it seems like they're much more urgent to go all in, and I want to say all in in the way that the Rams did but it's not that far off. It's clear that they felt that they needed to get better at the premium spots, specifically the passing offense, wide receiver and quarterback. And they've done that. Uh, to what cost is the big question. Has they Have they given away too much um, in, well, acquiring Cooper was great, and I don't think there's any problem with that, but, but giving him the money that they did, um, even though they restructured it, is, is different. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to make that work, although we've seen the, the Rams and Saints and Seahawks work um, with negative negative salary gaps. So I think I think we probably shouldn't worry about about that as much as we tend to do on social media. But, yeah, it's that, that that's a definite upgrade. And then Deshaun Watson, look, just focusing on the football part, he's better than Baker Mayfield on the field. He's, he's a – I don't want to say top five quarterback, but he can be, and he's certainly in the top ten. We've seen him do wonderful things. We saw him outduel Josh Allen in that playoff game a couple of years ago. Um, that was just phenomenal. Um, I've, I've seen him, you know, covering the Texans for the Texans wire when he was drafted, when he was traded there by the Browns initially in, the, in that draft. Um, I, I love the football player. Like that, that's a that's a great like team leader, unifier, galvanizer. Um, 
able to do things that, you know, that fit what Kevin Stefanski wants to do offensively very well. He can hit timing throws. He gets the ball to where it needs to be on time most of the time. Although I will say the biggest criticism that I have of Deshaun Watson as a quarterback is that he doesn't always throw the ball when he should. He tends to hold it an extra count um, and, and maybe let the play develop a little bit more than it needs to. Uh, but that's you know that that's something that I think we'll we'll get to once we get past all the the rest of the stuff that goes along with Deshaun. <laughs> well, and this is one of the interesting things, and you know I doubt you remember this, but years and years ago, and this was actually early in 2017. At the time, Deshaun Watson had just been injured um, after for about five or six weeks, becoming one of these players that you know the quarterbacks in the NFL that everybody was looking upon. The Browns at the time held the Texans' first round pick for 2018. The Browns at the time also held the Texans second round pick for 2018. That was done separately. That wasn't through the Deshaun Watson trade. Right. Obviously, that was the Brock Osweiler thing. And I remember we were talking about you know, Watson, and it had been unfortunate. And I said at the time, I said, well, Jeff, the only team in the NFL, this really, you know, obviously it's unfortunate. I said, but if there's anybody that benefits from this, it's the Cleveland Browns. The Texans went down the toilet, which led to the first round pick being number four overall, Denzel Ward. That Denzel certainly Ward. worked out well. Nick Chubb in the second round. That certainly worked out well. Now you're putting, you know, Deshaun Watson essentially into this mix with them. Um, and, you know, I did, you know, obviously your criticism, you know, and look, that for some quarterbacks, and that's probably the biggest thing when you've destroyed college football, is that you, you need to change the timing mechanism a little bit when you get to the NFL because you want to know what in that split second that you think, oh, it'll be even more of a clear path. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. That defender's a lot better than the middle linebacker at Wake Forest, and he was able to correct his mistake rather quickly. Um, but you bring him in here, but you think about the 2020 season. Now, at this point, DeAndre Hopkins had been moved on to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think the thing that's going to shock Deshaun here at times is going to be the simplicity of things. Look, it was really difficult the last year in Houston. It was him by himself. And I think there's going to be plays and run, you know, you're going to execute a simple play fake to either Kareem, Nick, maybe look up and be like, well, is there anybody even going to cover this? Because I think he's going to be in a situation now where the scheme is going to look a lot better when you've you know gone top shelf at the quarterback position. Yeah, and one of the things that, that I think about when I look at those Texans teams is he's never had a tight end, like ever, that, that can do it. Like, Stefan Carlson is the best tight end he's ever seen. And, like... <laughs> He's not on the Browns anymore. <laughs> like you've got you got David Njoku, you've got Harrison Bryant, you've got you've got quality pass catching tight ends who can do more than just you know slip a block, turn around, and catch a pass and fall down, which is all he had in Houston, and that was by design, by the way. They they uh, they tried um, they drafted a water polo player in Kahale Waring to try to help, but he should have stuck to water polo. Uh, they they they. <laughs> There's a lot of things that he's going to do, like you said, with the, the, the weapons that he's got. Uh, Amari Cooper. I like the idea of, of Anthony Schwartz working on the outside and, and blazing down the field. Deshaun doesn't have as strong of an arm as Baker Mayfield, but he does throw a really nice deep ball. He's got really good pinpoint accuracy on it. He can spot it to the outside shoulder if he needs to, or the inside shoulder if he needs to. He can hold the safety long enough that, that he's not going to get over there, so it's a one-on-one -on -one situation. He's really good at that. And I think the the weapons that he's got, I think he's going to maximize them um, probably better than Baker did. And, you know, I, I, as you know, Jeff, I am not a huge Baker hater. I, I, 
I chalk a lot up last year to injury. I also chalk a lot, lot up to um, the wide receiving core just not being up to snuff last year. Um, and, and Baker is the kind of guy who's he's not going to elevate players. Yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna do with use them to the what he's can do. He's not a guy who's gonna make them look better. I think Deshaun is a guy who's gonna make them look better. I think if you're gonna see Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones break out, it's gonna be because Deshaun Watson is throwing them the ball for X amount of games this year. X amount of games, key factor there. Um, you know, with Anthony Schwartz, um, you know, I think everybody, you know. They seem to be, and I guess because it was, you know, figured that, you know, wherever Deshaun Watson was going to go, Will Fuller was going to, you know, basically, you know, basically be his plus one on the roster when you're a quarterback <laughs> of this stature. You kind of get these things, um, whether or not you feel Deshaun Watson deserves it. That's fair as well. Um, but I think with everybody talking about Will Fuller, I think that's what you kind of think maybe Anthony Schwartz can be. Um, oh, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones going to draw coverage. I think that's where we see Anthony Schwartz and, and where this could pot. You know, look, obviously they're still going to use some jet sweeps, that type of things. But as far as, you know, the separation, the ability to get deep and Watson having a, you know, a strong deep ball game, I think that's where we're going to see the best of Anthony Schwartz, uh, you know, as opposed to last year. And look, most of last year, you know, you missed seven weeks as a rookie, you can't even practice. Um, there's going to be warts. But I think this is the huge opportunity for a player like Anthony Schwartz in the sub 4-3 speed. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't see any reason why the Browns would have any interest in Will Fuller, to be honest with you. They've got him in in, in Anthony Schwartz. Um, he's healthier. Um, look, Will Fuller uh, might be the fastest guy in the NFL, uh, for, especially in a straight line. But he is hurt all the time. And, oh, by the way, as any Texans fan will tell you, he's the reason why they didn't beat the Patriots in a playoff game in 20... You forget what year that was. They all blur together. But he dropped a pass that was a sure touchdown um, wide open. And if if he catches that pass, it's a different game going going down the stretch. And he didn't. Um, it, it's very difficult to have confidence him, in him in his hands. So you've got all these things going against him. He's chronically injured. He doesn't have reliable hands. He has one of the highest drop rates in the NFL over the course of his career, although it has gotten better. Um, and you've already got a guy who can do what he does stretching the field and Anthony Schwartz. I don't see any reason why, you, why the Browns would want to pay for that. Uh, I, I don't get, I, I understand that there's the connection with Deshaun coming from Houston, but that that's one, like, I, I think people are doing their homework on that. It's like, he's, he's already on the team. They just, he has a different name. I, so I don't get that one. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm bullish on Schwartz, man. I, I, I was impressed that he could do more than just run straight and fast. Um, and I don't think that Baker used him all that well. I don't think that, quite frankly, Stefanski used him all that well. I, th I think he can do more than what he was asked to do. Uh, obviously, you know, getting a full off season while you're where you're healthy and, and working with with coordination with receivers around you, uh, I, I think that's going to help him. I, I uh, it's not like he's going to be this fantasy breakout or anything, but I, I think I think there's a quality football player, and I think we're going to see more of it because of Desha Deshaun's throwing the ball to him. Yeah, and you look, you know, and you know, for everybody, you know, with Will Fuller. The numbers, it's never over a thousand yards. Uh, I don't even think he ever cleared 60 receptions. Uh, one year there was eight touchdowns. Um, but you look at that and you say, all right, well, if Donovan Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz can give us each between 40 to 60 receptions, you know, 600 yards, that's it. That's done there. Um, Will Fuller, in my opinion, he's, he, there's a lot of, you know, wide receiver one headaches, but you're not getting wide receiver one play from Will Fuller. So, you know, 
I, I, we're good. I don't need to go that route here. We're going to go a couple more things here. I'm going to flip it over here. I want to talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball here. Because in my opinion, this is something that's gotten lost in the 2021 season. And I think it's kind of gotten lost in what the Browns approach has been so far uh, to, you know, being this aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to continue this here. Jeff Risden in the house, your latest locked on homes. It is that time of year again, and I hope everybody is enjoying it. College basketball into the Sweet 16. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports, betting needs, and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Jeff, the Cleveland Browns defense, and for me, this is still, you know, obviously there were storylines from 2021 that weren't really spoken about enough. Obviously, a lot of it had become Baker Mayfield and wasn't able to get it done, whether you thought he was injured, whether you thought it was not. Kareem Hunt missing nine games, huge factor for the Cleveland Browns. In a team that struggled offensively, your most versatile offensive player, you didn't have him for nine games. Big storyline. The other side of it is a lot of these games that the Browns fans became, you know, disenchanted with the offense, with the quarterback late in the game. These games would have never been games, Jeff, to lose late if it's what for the construction of this Browns defense. Um, eight games where they held the opponent under 16 points or not, uh, uh, 16 points or less. I'm sorry, in the NFL, you should win every single one of those games. I'm sorry. If you can't put out 17 points, you know, what are you even doing here? Um, but being able to move on from some of this draft capital, obviously three first round picks in the uh, you know, next few years. Um, you know, the other picks that go along with it. Um, you are now five deep at the cornerback position currently. Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, Hill, A.J. Green, a player that they really, really like. Safety position, John Johnson, Grant Delpit, the linebacker room. Anthony Walker coming back surprised me a little bit, but I think they want that veteran presence in there for the time being. They can't really trust Jacob Phillips yet Phillips yet with his injury history. Sky is the limit for Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Sione Takitaki for what he does. He does well. Um, additions made on the defensive line to this point. Tavon Bryant brought in. Chase Winovich brought in. I, it just seems like one of these things where Jadavian Clowney's coming back. The deal's agreed upon. Nothing's just been put public. Um, but it seems like it's trending that way. And we've talked about Jadavian here a bunch. Um, if you were to leave Cleveland to be team five, it gets kind of hard to keep milking all of these teams, you know, for money because Jadavian, it's always been a roller coaster of, you know, are you getting the healthy all of Jadavian Clowney or are you getting, you know, the body that Jadavian Clowney currently resides in. Um, but the reason you were able to be aggressive about this is you truly think on the defensive side of the ball, you're there now. Um, you know, maybe one more, you know, one more addition or two. I mean, you get Clowney back, you know, maybe you add another edge rusher here, but you go four deep there. They felt it wasn't going to be, you know, smart football wise to go through this again with the offense knowing that their defense is doing what needs to be done and the offense, look, I mean, it's, you've got to be able to get in a spot where you're putting out 20 plus a week. Yeah. And I'm glad that you, you framed it that way, that the defense is set to go. Like they didn't need a lot of additions. They, I, I still think they need a nose tackle, but beyond that, it, they you, may not, they may not agree with us. We all keep saying this. They may not agree with us, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, <laughs> they 
because they have such a strong defense and is deep at the at the key positions, they they were in a position to offer what they did. And you know, there there was talk that that Newsom was involved in the trade or Denzel was involved in the trade. And look, I never heard that from anyone in Cleveland or Houston for that matter. Nope that was that was that was national people talking out their butts, man. Um, because that that wouldn't make sense then. Because if you're giving up the draft picks and the players. The Browns don't have a way to recoup what they're losing that way. Exactly. And, and one of the reasons why they were able to give up all these picks uh, was, was because they are set on defense. If they bring Jadevian back, and, and my, my personal theory, this is just my theory, is that he doesn't want to go through OTAs. He, he wants to sit out the, the the summer. He'll come back. He'll show up. The, the Which the Browns would be totally content start. with because they basically did it last year. Sign a contract and we'll work out the rest of the nonsense, dude. Yeah, it's it's the Trey Boston deal. You know, I don't want to do offseason stuff. I'm doing that on my own. Screw that, man. I'm I'm going to sign the day before camp. I'll, I'll pick where I want to go. I like Cleveland. I like the coach. I like the fit. Um, I, I like the fact that you know, if if I'm Jadavian Clowney, I know that I'm better than Chase Winovich. But Chase Winovich is a pretty good backup for me. Like that, they're different style of player. If you want to go to to more of a speed look. You put you put Winnow in. You you put you want to go more physical, more run defensive oriented. You put Jadevian in. I, I like I like that platoon system. I think for Clowney, it might might hurt his whatever sack production you might be expecting from him. But it plays to his strengths. He's really good at, at setting the edge, playing the run, knifing inside, disrupting that way. Not necessarily chasing down the quarterback. You know, on the on the scramble. That's that's not really what he does. It's not ever what he's done even when he was in Houston in his prime before all the injuries really started piling up he wasn't a guy who was going to like you know scream around the edge and, and go get the court that just wasn't who he was he kind of got miscast that way um and we're, we're seeing a lot of that with uh with Kayvon Thibodeau being the same sort of like that's not that's not really who he is um and it's it's, it's interesting that he gets drafted that, that's draft talk we'll talk about that some other time I like I like the defense a lot and I think that this is with all the controversy about the offense, I think people are, especially outside of Cleveland, are ignoring the larger picture. This is a team that's built to win defensively. Like, if they get, to your point, 20 points, 17 points on offense, they're going to win more than they're going to lose. This is a really, really good defense, and it's still young. It's still emerging. They've got a rising star in Newsom. They've got a rising star in JOK. It's smartly conceived. The way that they've got it. Look, I am not a Taven Bryan fan. I thought he was horribly overdrafted. I don't think he's done a lot in Jacksonville. To, I, I don't think he's going to do that much in Cleveland, quite frankly. But I, I understand One where the Raz score doesn't mention by any means whatsoever. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a snap jumper. <laughs> and, uh, he's he's got one move. He's really good at it. But if if the blocker across from him can figure that out, he's he's fairly easily neutralized. But I mean, at least you're trying there. And they're not done yet. They they have the ability with a second round pick to get a Travis Jones. Uh, they 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 have some flexibility in the draft. There there are guys that they can get that you can plug in that are hopefully better than than Tommy Togiai and and Jordan Phillips and you know and and Taven Bryan. Like they still have the ability to to do some things. And they like they gave away a lot. They're not going to get any premium talent. But they guess what, Jeff? They got that this offseason. They got their their stud wide receiver in Amari Cooper. They got their quarterback. They you know they are loaded at. They have their corner from last year. They have their linebacker from last. Year. They have everything that they need now. Let's go get it and make it happen. And, and the defense is there. Like quite frankly, one of my biggest 
like I, I, I've talked with Pete Smith about this. They, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them drafting a punter this year. Like that, that's one of their biggest needs, and th- it's a great punting class. There's Jordan Stout. You got Matt Ariza. There, there's another guy that's out there that's draftable too. Like, like as much as we we cringe at the thought, oh my god, you're drafting this. Like, they're that loaded that they can afford to do that with a fifth or a sixth round pick. It's crazy to me. That's that's how loaded this team is, and I don't think that. Like with all the controversy that's going on with with Deshaun, and it's right that that conversation needs to be had, and we we've certainly had it. You've certainly been been having it, and we're going to have it again later today. I, I do think that the overall construction of the football team and the football aspect of where this Browns team is at is getting lost in it. And this this is a really really good football team that can win the AFC now, and I'm happy about that. And you know, not, and this is. By- by no means trying to say this is a good thing, obviously, um, because this is what we went through last year. Obviously, everybody wanted to talk about what they thought the 2021 you know, capabilities of the Cleveland Browns are. Um, in this case, maybe if a lot of it's going to be focused on the fact that you brought in this quarterback who's got the off-field issues, that's great. Maybe we're not hyping up the 2022 Browns, and that's maybe part of what the problem was last year is we hyped up the 2021 yeah. Browns before they were a yeah. thing, and it never truly met its expectations. But, yes, if you, you get Clowney back in the fold, you sign a veteran defensive tackle – you still have seven picks. Granted, they are not premium by any means whatsoever. But you go into a draft, you know, and certainly for the Browns fans, you guys know this. You've gone in before going, well, we need a starter here, starter here, starter there, starter there. If you can go into a draft where you have seven draft choices and you don't need a starter, hell, you don't need a second wide receiver. You don't need a second tight end. I mean, they are in a great, great position to, you know, pluck need. And look, they are going to you know, still try to build. And it's going to be interesting because, well, the age guardrails exist because it seems like they've loosened up on a little bit of some of the ways they've done business already this year with the amount of, normally the draft allocution is coming in the door. This year it went out. So certainly different in that respect. Um, But if you've got a position where you can do this, and, you know, in the last thing, we'll talk a little bit about the draft here, the Browns needs and overall, you know, NFL offseason at this point. Um, But they, you know, they get this done going into April 27th. Things are going to be extremely extremely favorable oh yeah and you've got the ability like if you need to get a a late round developmental quarterback you can do that you need to get yourself a an i would like to see them with jc treader gone and and nick harris stepping up i would like to see the next nick harris get put into the pipeline i'm not sure that he's on the roster now he might be but i want a a late round you know middle round interior offensive lineman who can be your backup offensive guard and center and and perhaps you know if, if Harris gets hurt again he can step in and hopefully you're not you're not going to be you know scrambling to, to get a veteran out there they've got options man like like you said every starting spot on this team is taken right now like they're not going in this this isn't this isn't 10 years ago where they had to use their fifth round pick on a guy who was going to start for them right away and uh we, we've come a long way in that and it's in a way it's it's kind of sad that we don't get to focus on that but at the same time i i like your thought there that it's uh the 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 difference in expectations and the hype that's going to be around this team is a lot different than it was last year it's a lot more measured there there's a lot more for them to prove coming off the season that they are and making the radical changes that they did i don't think people are going to be expecting them to win the afc north though i might uh, I, mm-hmm. the, 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 that change, it, it doesn't necessarily work for Baker. I think it works good for the, the team that they've got. And Kevin Stefanski, I think he can play to that. 
I think uh, I, I think it's going to be a a situation where you're going to like let's go out and prove that we can do this. Like let's let's get together. Look, a lot of the world is rooting against us now, and it's not because you know they don't like me the, me the quarterback Baker. Like it's because <laughs> there's a little bit more of a valid reason for people to not like the Cleveland Browns now. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, that's that's the way that it is. Like I think that they have enough leadership in that locker room and presence and talent that they can make that work for them. And that can be, you know, like there's going to be a lot of people that are picking them to finish third in the division. That's okay. Like they, 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 this is a team that can go out and surprise people. And I think that that mentality suits where they're at pretty well. Well, and the thing for me is look um, over the last two seasons, you know, Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield, Baker swept them all three times. Um, and, you know, most of the games were, you know, never really in that much of doubt, except for maybe the one where Odell went down. Um, so, look, I mean, Cincinnati obviously vastly improves, you know, went to the Super Bowl, can't take any of that away from them. But, you know, for right now, the way this Browns team is constructed, you know, I, I have, you know, zero issues playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, those games are going to be, you know, key and contingent on who the Browns quarterback will be in those games. Um, and again, for everybody, yeah. look, a lot of this could come down to the time he misses a lot of it might be one of the biggest things for the Cleveland Browns in 2022 is going to be when the schedule and what exactly these AFC North games are scheduled. If it's early in the season, and you don't have your quarterback could be a little bit of difficulties. We're going to get to a little bit here uh, draft. We're going to get to a little bit uh, NFL off season, just in general with Jeff Risden, enjoying having him along for the ride. If you were not now is the best time on whatever podcast platform you use. Make sure you are following or subscribe to lockdown Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen every day. Now, Jeff, you talked about it, obviously, with pick 44, and this is what kind of cracks me up. Um, everybody, we got to a point, you know, where this happens every year. The Browns have 57 targets for pick number 13. Oh, no, they traded around the first-round pick, and they're picking at 44. Well, wait a minute, guys. You had 57 targets at 13, so we should still have at least 13, 14 guys. It's going to be interesting the way it works, you know, because obviously we have this whole contingent of players, the David Ajabos, the Jameson Williams, the John Mechie, and I'm not saying any of those guys you know, necessarily in play at 44. I don't think Jameson Williams will even be an option of a thought at 44. Ajabo might be a little bit different because he was a younger, more raw player, and for him it just sucks. I can't, I can't even stress that enough. Um, and the worst part was just basically like nobody gave a crap. He was like, all right, take the drill up 10 yards and just wheel this guy out of here and get me another one. Um, but for David Ajabo, all the best, obviously. Um, but there, there's a chance here to improve. And, you know, look, you still have four selections within the top 117. This team, through two drafts now, has shown that they can find a way to say, I want a young player. I want him athletic. It doesn't matter. You know, I would rather him more raw than more established because I don't want to coach out bad habits. I want to coach in good habits. There's there's a chance to get some solid solid return of investment here in these four picks in the top 117, and then as you mentioned on day three, go a little you know go a little nuts. Look, the guy can punt the ball 60 yards. I don't want to punt a lot, but if I do, hopefully the guy can punt the ball 60 yards. <laughs> exactly. You know that they have the chance to to get some developmental talent into the pipeline. You can take a developmental safety, a guy like Marquise Bell out of uh, Florida A and M, a hard hitter. Um, needs to learn to not play on train tracks. But, like, you, you can take a chance on guys like that because you don't need them to play right away. Ojabo's a good example. 
I, I kind of do think he's going to be there for the Browns in their first pick. And if they want to take a guy that has a lot of athletic upside, um, look, his, his game, I, I thought he was overrated as a prospect before his injury, and I've seen him play personally at Michigan. Like He's, he's a one-trick pony as a pass rusher. He out-athletes the guy across from him, and now he can't do that because he's got the, the knee injury. He's got to learn his technique. I think the Browns have a pretty good coaching staff to, to coach up the technique and develop that. So if you're looking for a guy who might not be ready until 2023, um, look, that's when your quarterback's going to be there for a long time. Um, that, that's when this team, dealing with the suspension, realistically, their window is 2023, 2024. Like, okay, Ojabo might be ready by then to, to roll and, and be, you know, Clowney signs another one-year deal. He, whatever... Genevieve Clowney is not a veteran mentor. That's not what he does. <laughs> no. Hopefully, you better watch because he's not going to teach. Something from him by osmosis or something just being in his presence. But yeah, they can they can take that kind of a risk now. They because again, they don't need the starter right away. I would like to see them get another developmental offensive tackle, a guy like Matt Willetsko or somebody like that. Uh, because I'm still not sold that James Hudson is a long term answer, and I I would like to see them continually pipe in. Look, the other team that I cover, the Detroit Lions, has two fantastic starting tackles. It still wouldn't bother me if they drafted a late round one, even though they don't really need one. And they have a developmental guy already, too, that they like. But, like, you got to keep cycling guys in there because of injuries, because of attrition. You, you've got to keep building that up. This offense in Cleveland does not work without a good offensive line and guys that can do yeah. what they need to do. And you can never have enough of those guys. So they can take a developmental tackle prospect. They can take a a... I'm not a Jacoby Brissett fan. I'm not really a Nick Mullins fan. I would like to see them get another developmental quarterback late. You know, if, if you can get me, Caleb Ellaby works, um, has some similarities to how Deshaun plays, but a guy that there, there's guys that are out there that you can like take a flyer on and look, you can't, you can't burn picks. Obviously you can't take a punter and, and a developmental, you know, pass rusher and a developmental, but you, you got to get somebody who can maybe contribute right away, at least on special teams. But man, they're, the opportunities are there, and I think not having the first-round pick, A, it makes my job as a mock draft creator a lot easier for, Brown, for Browns why you're not going to see any <laughs> mock drafts anymore. I don't have to, don't have to worry about that, but the, the, the table's open for them to, to you know serve themselves whatever they really want, and it's a good draft in those second, third, and fourth rounds. It really is. They're going to find guys that are useful. It's not, it's not the end of the world if they don't have a first-round pick, and, and I think I think, again, we're overlooking – look, Amari Cooper's presence has been completely lost in the shuffle. And I, I I don't think that Browns fans will yet appreciate how good that guy is and how dynamic he's going to make the offense just by his presence. And he's going to make the other receivers better simply because he's putting them, them in their right spot on the depth chart. DPJ, number two, number three. Excuse me, Anthony Schwartz limited weapon on the outside that can develop into more if you need him to like they don't need him to be a 70 catch guy now he can be the 30 to 40 catch like you said earlier that they've got a lot of opportunities with that there's a lot of wide receivers they can take in those middle rounds um i i, I watched one earlier this week sky Moore at western michigan probably have to get him with your first pick but that guy can really play and is a great schematic fit for what they need in, in an inside outside receiver so that they, they've got potential to, to make this work even with limited draft resources 
A couple things. And what you like about Cooper and, you know, Sky Moore, this is where, you know, for a lot of, you know, Browns content guys who bring up Sky Moore, it's the route is run to precision and it is run correctly. Um, that were some issues with some of the receivers that were here and did not work with Baker Mayfield. The one, the one thing I love with Amari Cooper, yeah, the one thing I love about Amari Cooper is you don't hear a damn word from him. He is the quietest. He is so complete opposite of what wide receiver ones are. It's going to be a breath of fresh air because he catches the ball. You may get a tiny little point to the sky and let's go to the huddle and let's do this again. It's not going to be a look at me. It's not going to be a here is the GIF opportunities. Get your phones out because I'm going to do the guy just plays ball, which this team certainly drastically needs. Um, And Sir Sky Moore, Sky Moore plays with a, a disciplined pissed off approach and look, I have not been the highest Sky Moore. Every now and then, we got to take a guy that we don't have as high as everybody else, which means Sky Moore is going to be excellent, folks. So wherever he goes, he's going to have a hell of a career. But Jeff, <laughs> this has been a wild, wild couple of weeks in the NFL. Obviously, Russell Wilson moving, Aaron Rodgers, much ado about nothing again with Aaron Rodgers. And even so, I think it got to the point this point where Devontae Adams was even like, "You've made me all this money, but I'm done with this." You know, I am actually yeah. going, yes, Derek Carr is a closer friend to me, but I'm going to go play with an inferior quarterback just because I'm done here. I just can't do this anymore. Tom Brady, and I, Pete and I literally said it, until I do not see Tom Brady quarterbacking a team in September, he can say whatever the hell he wants. And just to anybody who's got dreams on marrying a Victoria's Secret model, obviously it isn't that great because it took Tom about 40 days to realize he wanted to get back to business in the NFL. So, yeah, not everything is as great as it appears on that front. Um, you know, then some of the movements, obviously the edge rushers moving around like they moved around, um, you know, the, the moves. I mean, the AFC West, for God's sakes, you should tell the NFC right now, you don't get wild card teams this year. You get your four division winners. We're taking your wild cards. We're giving those to the AFC. You don't deserve them. But it's been just a wild, wild ride to this point. And it's almost to the point where we get a day like yesterday. We're not much, really much happening. Everybody's like, oh, that's it. Really? No, no. Trevor Simeon. That's our big news for the day. Because we've grown accustomed to like blockbusters happening every day. The Tyreek Hill trade, it it, it really yeah. seemed like okay. Here's some information. Tyreek's trying to get a little bit more money. Oh, maybe they'll trade him. Oh, never mind. It's over. He's gone. It was like yeah. you know, I don't even know if some NFL teams realized he was available. Like, wait a minute, what what, what just happened? But it, it's been it has been absolutely off the charts here as far as activity and major activity to this point. Yeah, like the big news yesterday was that the Broncos Stadium caught on fire. Like, and that's. <laughs> and that's like one of the least significant things that's happened this offseason. All the trades, you know, for years and years, and you know this, Jeff, I have complained that there's not enough trade activity. There's not enough like like I'm I'm an NBA fan. I love I love the the fluidity of the NBA. I love the fact that you can get out from three bad teams, sixteen player deals, players. seventeen draft choices. <laughs> yeah, the, and, and I, I often lamented that the NFL doesn't have enough of that kind of stuff. Well, we're getting it this offseason, and look at how exciting it's been. It, it, it's not always positive. Um, and if you're on one of the teams that, like, if you're a uh, <laughs> if you're a Texans fan, you're probably not feeling too great about things right now, although you got rid of your quarterback. But, like, the, the ability to change the competitive balance overnight with major moves is not something that the NFL has embraced, and they are embracing it full force now. And I love it. I think, it's, I think it makes it exciting. I think it keeps everybody on their toes. I think it will sort of do away with the old, you know, oh, let, let's be conservative. Let's, you know, try to build our team through the draft. 
um, you know, take three or four years and then hopefully we'll peak for two or three years and, and the, the teams around us are cratering a little bit. Like that strategy isn't going to work anymore. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to identify talent. You've got to explore avenues that maybe you haven't thought about exploring before. We're seeing that now and I like it. It's going it, to, there's a lot of people that are going to be, it's going to take some adjusting. And, and from an old media standpoint, and I guess we technically fall in that because we're, we're older than a lot of our, our peers. It's, it's <laughs> like, it's not, it's not going to be easy to like, Oh my God, like these are moves that would not have happened even two years ago. And we've got to get embraced that it's a new NFL. It's, a, it's, it's much more of a wild West. Um, the AFC West, especially like if you're a Seattle fan, you're probably not feeling too good about the, the, the new way of doing business in the NFL, but you know what? Your team's either going to catch on or they're going to get left in the tracks. And it, it's a situation where I think it's doing away a little bit with the parody that the NFL has tried so hard to foster over the years. I personally like that. I don't like seven and nine teams making the playoffs. I don't, I don't like, you know, eight and nine being a competitive record. No, win games. Get out there and win. Try to win. Don't just try to hang. Try to win. And I think that, that the NFL embracing that is a very good thing. I like it. I'm for it, man. More. No, Bring no, it. No Give question. Me. All right. Now, just draft in general here. I just want to get to two quick ones here. Jacksonville Jaguars holding number one overall selection. Obviously, for the Jaguars, this, you know, normally you drafted the quarterback last year. You're still here. This would have been a beautiful situation of who wants number one? Come get your quarterback. Hey, Jaguars, guess what? No quarterback. So with the number one selection overall, Jeff, who did the Jacksonville Jaguars select? I think they're taking Aiden Hutchinson, but I don't know about that. Um, They could take Trayvon Walker. They could take. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, who's having his pro day in about ten minutes. Uh, there's they they could there there was talk, and I, I will just say this: there was talk yesterday at Cincinnati's pro day that Sauce Gardner is in play at number one. That there are teams that think wow. he is the best player in this draft, and if you know, like if you don't need the quarterback, what are you gonna do? They, they could absolutely take Evan Neal. Uh, I think the Cam Robinson franchise tag, it shows that they're only take it's a one-year deal. They could take him. They could take Iki Ikwanwu from uh, from North Carolina State. And at some point, I will say his name correctly in this draft cycle. I haven't yet. Just pushing it again. <laughs> like, they, they've got options. His name it. is e- his name is easier than it looks. It is. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I cover like of the Nigerian descent. Nigerian names are actually pretty easy if you just look at them and like think about it. Um, we have a lot of them in Detroit that I wind up going through, and I've gotten pretty good at saying Amani Oruwarie and and that's like that. Got go. I got getting better at, at Icky, but yeah, they, they've. If I were them, I would go offensive tackle because I don't. I'm. I don't trust Jawan Taylor. I don't trust you know what they've done. And and Cam Robinson's a one year franchise. Like you're building for. You're not trying to win in Jacksonville this year. You're building for the future. Get, go get your guy. And if if whether it's Evan Neal or, or Ekon. Ek one, ah, that guy from North Carolina State, go make it happen. <laughs> um, and then just lastly here, Jeff, and obviously we don't have a ton of time here. Yeah. Which quarterback goes one and where does he go? I think, I still think Malik Willis is going to be the number one quarterback off the board. And it's Seattle, whether they're at nine, whether they move up to get it, I think that's where it's going to happen. Um, I know there's a whole lot of people that think the Detroit Lions are taking Malik Willis at two. I will tell you from covering that team and knowing and talking to different coaches on that team, I have never heard one person from inside Detroit mention Malik Willis as a possibility for their draft. So I, I think that that's the case. Um, I think Pittsburgh is going to take a quarterback at some point, whether it's Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett. 
um, if with their pick or if they move up to do it too. I think you're going to see those two quarterbacks come off before the, the time that the Pittsburgh Steelers are done drafting, and that's probably your first-round quarterbacks. There you go. He is Jeff Risen. Uh, obviously, Browns Wire, Detroit Lions Wire, uh, does uh, great pieces over with the Real GM as well. So check all of that out. Always appreciate Jeff for his time. Make sure you're following at Jeff Risden. Uh, myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're following subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five star ratings, written reviews. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in and day out. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.